events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars, and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Saudi leaders want to normalize some relationships, but what's really normal these days? These days, a third of Americans have stopped doing something. We'll tell you what that is. We'll tell you what the World Economic Forum is planning, and we'll tell you what the global leading cause of death is for a fourth year in a row. And that's just some of what we got to tell you as we explore the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, the 13th, 2023. That's right. That's yes. Right. Which we don't believe in at all, but that's fun music. It's fun music. <laughs> anyway, here's something else to tell you. Our podcasts are just itching to be played through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google, or skip the subscriptions and go directly to thewaymedia.net, or download the WayMedia app to ask prophecy questions and read the articles that we discuss. And now, here is the most recent graduate from the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, Pastor Mark. (laughs) We'll talk about that later. (laughs) Whose dad used to tell him, when one door closes, another will open. Now, of course, Mark's dad was a brilliant philosopher, but a terrible cabinet maker. <laughs> yeah, that's there you go. Are, that's are, true. These, are these two thought provoking? No, that's are good. these too no, deep? No, the, these are not yeah. laugh out loud funny. Okay, as we talked about okay, earlier. Yes, uh, with with okay. our uh, well, I got half smiling production artist. I got I get half smiling and half yes. Yeah, yeah, that that was a smilence, and okay. that's that's good. I was trying to think of something clever, not knowing what you were going to say, and so I know there's somebody up out there that's laughing right now. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Somebody I is. Know. Odds are, odds are, <laughs> odds are at least one person besides myself. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So there we go. <laughs> there's our intro. We do have a listener question, and we will get to that later. But first, we are going to get into articles as we dive through this edition of Signs of the Times. Let's go to Israel. Yes. Uh, and we've got some a couple of interesting, actually, articles uh, here today. Uh, the first one is from Newsmax. Uh, Saudi leaders say they are ready to normalize relations with Israel and the U.S. Yeah. And so, what's normal? Yeah, because that's a good question. Have the relationships ever been normal? Well, As we yeah. would consider normal country to country relationships. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they ever have actually, Greg. And when they mean normalize, they mean like trade. Okay, uh, sure. economics normalizing in the sense of the way the rest of the world works with other countries. They haven't done that. Yeah. Um, but again, this I think is definitely a, a prophetic sign of the end. Uh, could it, it says uh, could twenty twenty three be a dramatic breakthrough that could effectively bring the Arab Israeli conflict to an end and open up a new era of peace and prosperity in the Middle East? See that right there is intriguing on its on the surface as Israel heads into the seventy fifth anniversary of its miraculous and prophetic rebirth. 
I'm increasingly optimistic and urge the world's 600 million evangelical Christians to pray for the peace of Jerusalem like you've never prayed before. Here's why I believe a major breakthrough is increasing and close at hand, the article says. Two years after signing the Abraham Accords and for the first time in history, the senior leadership of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia say they are, in fact, now ready to normalize relations with the state of Israel. And Greg, this is huge for a number of reasons. Remember, the hub of Islam is Saudi Arabia, even though I know there's difference in Sunni and, and, and um, Shia yeah. and all that. Yeah. But that's where Mecca is. That's where um, they believe this, you know, rock from heaven fell that, you know, has to do that they now they circle it and they want to touch it and do all these things and, you know, whatever. And, and they're, they're supposed to go at least once a year on this um, you know, pilgrimage to go and circle it seven times, that kind of thing. So it is kind of a central hub that all of the Muslim world looks to, although there's the differences there in Islam. But the reason this is interesting to me is is we do know the Antichrist is going to bring peace at least for a moment, in name or on paper for a while. And uh, one of the areas that the Bible says will be um, more at peace than others among the Muslim world will be Saudi Arabia, because in Ezekiel 38 and 39, when that war takes place, you know, when Russia and Iran and all come in, Saudi Arabia is not only not taking part in it, which other Muslim countries will, they're sitting back going, why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, what, what, are you, what are you trying to do? So it shows that they're, they're not going to be actively involved in attacking Israel, and they're also getting set up and the rest of the Muslim world to go ahead and say, you know what, I'm sure many of them in their heart will not have peace with Israel. But on paper, and the leaders of these nations, they're going to agree to this, you know, three and a half years of this supposed peace. So this is leading to that. And uh, the countries, how they're depicted in Ezekiel, are known as Sheba and Dedan, correct? Yes, that is modern-day Saudi Arabia, modern that, day region, Saudi Arabia. that region. Sheba and Dedan, the descendants of there, yeah, which really is our descendants from uh, um, Abraham's uh, wife after Sarah. And and so so it links yeah. back to Abraham and Ishmael Ishmael and Isaac, but it's the second wife, which you know what I mean. So it's still a connection to true Arabs, yeah. But second line, if you will. My daily reading Step-mom. was just taking me through that the other day, but I and I'm just now blanking on his wife's name. Yeah, there was uh, the second wife. The second wife was uh, Abraham and because um, they weren't married you know that what? long before he died, was, right? Yeah, yes, it was. I think Keturah. Keturah. Yes, I think yes. Keturah it. was her name. That's it. Because the, the names of Pura popped in there, but that was Moses' his wife. So, yes. Yeah, Keturah was the one. And so, um, but again, the key to that was Saudi Arabia again, Greg. Even though it does have a different mom, they had multiple wives in those days. Yeah. So it, it links back to Abraham. And Ishmael through the family line, right. so it's still considered the Arab line, not yeah. directly through Ishmael, right. but but directly through Abraham yeah. and the new wife Keturah. Yeah. And so, you really what you see is they are Saudi Arabia; they are literal brothers right. to the Jews. Hmm. And so, you know, we talked about that. You see yeah. how God, you know, how it was very symbolic to me to see, um, um, you know, these two guys, Ishmael and Isaac, come together at his death, you know, and they came back together yeah. and met there at the, the tomb to, you know, whatever. And it was like this bringing of the family back together, although they were at each other's throat, so to speak. Well, now they're at each, other, each other's throat again, but to see in the last days God kind of bringing them back together, where they're actually going to be able to at least get along as a family. And I think that's leading into probably many of those in Saudi Arabia, I believe, getting saved in the last days. I believe you're going to see that as well. We don't have direct prophecies about that, but I do believe you're going to see God saving some of those that go back to Abraham through the line of Ishmael and Keturah, yeah. and and this family, again, kind of being restored to some degree. So it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, and who'd you say the other one, Zipporah? Zipporah was Moses's. Moses's, right. And yes. she's the one that has the line of those cosmetic she stores the lighter, out there today. Right? The lighter, Zipporah. Oh, that's, that Zip, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of those. One of those. It's either the lighter <laughs> or the cosmetic. <laughs> yeah. 
Is this no, is us trying, no, no, this don't, is, people getting theology online from us, Craig. This is they have us to know just, we're joking. We're trying to assemble a really bad joke on the fly. That's right, and that's it just right. doesn't. No, it just it, doesn't it, work. Yeah. Anyway, all right, all right. Our next article <laughs> from the Jerusalem Post: Israeli settlement building must continue. Now, this is Edelstein telling a U.S. envoy. So this is. This is a huge barometer prophetically when we start hearing about this stuff. Well, Greg, you remember, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the new government in Israel. It is the most, we would say, I guess, conservative Zionist government that they've had in many, many years. I don't know how it rates to all their governments they've ever had, but I know this. In recent years, they have not had this strong of a Zionist. And what that means is those that are involved in the government conglomeration that want to see the original Israel of the Bible come back together and be that again. Okay, now they're not 100% in everything, but however, this is the most pro-rebuild the temple government. This is the most pro-get back on the temple mount government. This is the most pro-take the land that God gave to us government and don't call it the West Bank anymore. Yeah. Okay, that, this is, so it's a big deal. Now, and, and I'll, I'm gonna read before I read the article. Okay. You can see, Greg, how this is gonna create more tension against Israel because Satan is fighting so hard against God fulfilling his promise to the nation. Now God has allowed these leaders to come in, although unsaved, who are are on board with more of what the Bible says. So as they push more of what the Bible says, you're going to see more demonic opposition, which will play out through mankind and the UN and the other nations. And so we know there's going to be tensions building and hatred against Israel growing, growing toward the last days. This is a major catalyst to that because how dare you touch anything called the West Bank or the terror and make it Israel. They want to take what what the world calls the territories at the West Bank and say, no, this is Israel. God gave it to us. We're going to continue to build houses and settle it. And so the settlement building must continue. You said it was uh, the uh, Foreign Affairs and Defense Committee chairman, Yuli Edelstein. Uh, told the U.S. Ambassador Tom Nide, Tom Nides, is that how you say his name? I can, I, you think I can say the American name? I can say the, the Israeli name, Tom Nides or Nidus. I'm not sure how he says it. Oh, it could be Nides. Either way, I'm sorry I don't know that better. But anyway, when they yeah. met on Wednesday, and I quote, I presented to Ambassador Nides my clear position about the, ne- the necessity, notice this, the necessity in the territory of the settlements of Judea and Samaria. That is, we have to build more buildings there because we have so many Jews moving here and we're growing as a nation. We need a place to live. And what what he's saying is, we're taking this land. We're not going to call it Israel yet in front of you, but we're taking it. Uh, and, and he said he also spoke about the Temple Mount uh, and defended National Security Minister uh, Itamar Ben-Gavir's visit to the Al-Aqsa Mosque compound on the site last week. So I'm, we're talking, Greg, these are two major just fiery issues. Yes, we're going to continue to build in those areas because we have to, and it's okay that we go up to the Temple Mount. This is so different from our dip, from their diplomats to our nation, Greg, in the past. This, our, our listeners have to grasp this. All the diplomats that have come to American uh, guys that have come in there, our, our American, their diplomats coming to our American diplomats, either here or going over there to Israel, they have always acquiesced and said, oh, you know, we, we, we're willing to work with you on the settlement issue. Uh, maybe we can work something out that everybody's happy. But this time it's like, no, we have to do this. It's necessary, and we're going to. There's a new boldness in the leadership of Israel to do what they're going to do in the last days. That's exciting to me. The Temple Mount. They used to say, well, you know, we're not going to do anything with the Temple Mount. It's too uh, too much of a hot-button issue. We don't want to stir the world up too much. So we're going to work with you guys. We're keeping it in everybody's hands or whatever, the Jordanians and, 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 the, and the WAFC and all that. We're not going to get involved. Now, all of a sudden, he says, not only are we going to continue to build in the territories, you know, yeah, the Temple Mount's not so, it's not so bad that we go up there. It's not so bad that we start looking toward the Temple Mount. Greg, this is... 
These guys are bold Zionists. They're facing off with the American leadership. They've never done this. This is a new season in Israel's history. It's exciting. You know, this whole aspect just kind of brings up for me a spiritual and prophetic conundrum. Because on one hand, we know the enemy does not want Israel to expand into areas that God's already given them, that's already theirs. We know that. But yet at the same time, the tension that's being created, whether it's settlement-related and specifically, I think more prophetically, Temple Mount-related, plays to the advantage of Satan because then that's going to help usher in First of all, Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is going to usher in the Antichrist to say, all right, everyone calm down. I've got all the answers. Yep. So it's almost like a tug of war in one sense where you've got the enemy doesn't like this, but yet it's to his advantage that these things happen. Yeah. How do we figure that out? Well, let me add to that. I think okay. it's going to be a negotiating tool that the enemy is allowing and God's allowing. Here's why. There's a tension between who has the land and who has the temple mount. I think if the Antichrist comes in and see right now what Israel's saying is we're going to do both. We're going to get more land and the Temple Mount. He can come in with the whole Muslim world all freaked out and go, whoa, 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 here's what we'll do. Um, we'll give you a portion of the Temple Mount and we'll give you a portion more of the land. But we're going to lock this part off for the Palestinians and that part off for the Muslims. And so n- no one will be totally happy on either side. But it's, an, it's a yeah. political negotiation where they're going to go, you know what, we'll go for that. I think this is going to be used negotiation-wise. Yeah. And we have to remember, too, and especially for those that are thinking, okay, well, that might be the answer. And even even Bill Clinton, to a certain extent, had had suggested some of these things that he did. we know are happening. Yeah, dividing up the Temple Mount. He suggested that. Yeah, we just have to remember that a division of the Temple Mount or the dividing of the land, which could come in right. coinciding with dividing of the Temple right. Mount. God is reserving that privilege, if you want to call it that. For the Antichrist to do. You're exactly right. And let's remind our listeners that is what's going to happen. The Bible says, so let's get back to what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Antichrist, they will divide up the land. So that's going to happen. There's going to, it's, yeah. You say, well, it's already divided. No, no, I'm talking about there's going to be a further division of the land. It may be the two-state solution. Who knows what it is? Yeah. But there's also going to be a dividing of the Temple Mount. They will be allowed to rebuild their third temple. The Jews will do that. Of course, the Muslims will stay up there in the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which, of course, is right next to the Dome of the Rock. And then um, just north of the dome will come well, the wall I believe that's that Ezekiel where, talks about. I think there's going to be a dividing wall right there. Yeah. That's going to, they're going to build the temple mount there. It, it, it goes directly there from the eastern gate. It's going to be perfect. And, and again, these are all going to be negotiations that are made by the Antichrist. So there is, And I think it's going to be a leverage. Land, temple mount. Land, yeah. temple mount. I think it's going to happen. And um, it's, it's just... So I read these things, and I go, wow, this is exciting because you're seeing the leaders of Israel co- yes. standing up bold saying, here's what we need to do. And you're like, whoa, they've yeah. never done this before. Good for you yeah. guys. I mean, things can happen all around the world, but when things happen specifically affecting the Temple Mount, yes, that's when we get excited from a prophetic standpoint it is. because we know that the time yeah. is near for the church to be raptured out Yes, and for all all of the rest of these end-time prophecies to take place. Yeah, and Greg, something else about the Temple Mount I want our listeners to be aware of, and that is, why is this so important? This is where Jesus will put his throne. The Bible tells us. So what that means is, Satan desires this piece of property more than any real estate in the world. 
You can have all the rest of the world. I want that one spot. And right now, Satan has control of it. But if he loses control of it, that's where the battle's going to come in. But he's going to allow that. Then he, then he, through the Antichrist, will stand up right. and say that he's God right. to insult God right. and to stand on the temple mount to do this. So it is the center of the world. And Greg, according to the scientists at Answers mm. in Genesis who have done universe studies, yes. they say it's the center of the universe. They say that this, the Temple Mount may very well be the very center of all creation. And wow. that, and that would make sense. That would yes. make sense yes. because that's where the Lord's throne is going to yeah. be. And by the way, the Bible indicates that the Temple Mount is where the foundation of the earth is laid. So underneath it, so everything is there. The fa- it would appear yeah. the foundation of the earth. It would appear maybe the center of the universe. It is definitely going to be the Lord's throne. <laughs> and so, so Satan's cool. going, it's mine. Yes. It's like, no, 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 it's not. It's mine. I'll let you play with it yeah. because I'm going to wipe you out and yeah. I'm going to establish it yeah. as my throne for a thousand years till I make a new heaven and a new earth. I mean, it's getting so exciting. Well, another reason to point out the fact that from Islam, even though Islam fights for the issues of the Temple Mount is if is if it's their most holiest site. Right. It's their third most holiest site That's in right. the religion of Islam. Yeah. But because Satan's able to use people, he inflames those people yeah. as if it is their most holy site because of what you just said. Yeah, and just a general hatred yeah. of the Jews. Listen, Jerusalem is not mentioned in the Quran. No. It's not. It's not in the Quran. And yet they act like, again, it's their third holiest site. And they just say that's because that's where uh, Muhammad flew up on his horse to heaven and came back down and whatever. And they, this kind of thing. So, again, it's really it really comes down to Satan having a hatred of the Jewish people yeah. and really ultimately a hatred of God. And so, hence, he's going to go to the center of the universe, the foundation of the world, the place where the Lord's throne is going to be. He's going to yeah. stand there and say, I'm God. Everybody, yeah. universe, look at me. Earth, look at me. Everybody, look at me. And then the Lord's going to say, oh, I see yeah. you. You're about to burn yeah. forever. Well, I'll tell you, I Whoa. just I get excited when I think about that center of the universe stuff, and it's just... Pretty exciting. It is exciting. Now, and that I, would be just like our God. What detail? Now, again... What detail? That's hard to prove scientifically. I know. And yet, that is the theory, and that is even part of, I think, their whole thing they do there at the Creation Museum. They show this crap where they, where they from their calculations, if I'm not mistaken, that's what it comes down yeah. to. So, don't quote me on that, I but I think... But it wouldn't but surprise me. It's fun to think about. But it wouldn't surprise me. It makes sense. Yes. I love it. I love it. Uh, uh, Fox News. Now, this story, I'll just preface, even though we're still in the Israel category, yes. Pastor Mark is going to make the jump from Michigan City Lightyear. to Jerusalem. Kirk. We're making the light year. Yes. We're making the jump, Greg. Yes. Peter's spokesperson is <laughs> criticizing a Michigan City ruling because, as Peter says, animal sacrifice should be a thing of the past. Please explain. And PETA, I think, stands for People Eating Tasty Animals. Yes, Is that it right? does. Okay, so they, they I, look, I knew that if this happened, I've said a long time about them on the Temple Mount, um, there's going to be a fight with PETA or those types of people that don't believe we should be killing and eating animals at all, uh, although God said we are to be. Um, so I knew the animal sacrifices were going to begin again. They are going to begin again. The Bible says that yeah. in the last days yeah. on the Temple Mount. And Greg, it'll be worldwide seen. Yeah. See, it's more than just there. There are small groups right now doing animal right. sacrifice. Even the Samaritans that still live, they do a sure. sacrifice every year, uh, et cetera. But this is a world center. Maybe, as we said, a universe center, a, a focal point. Yeah. And right there. Killing animals with all these people saying they're valuing animals today in our nation and many places around the world more than people. So now how are they ever going to do that? How would the Jews be allowed? I used to ask myself that question, and we talked about it before over the years on the show. How would they allow the Jews to kill animals that the whole world is watching right there on a big stage on the Temple Mount in front of everybody in just a regular basis? 
And, and, and I knew then something has to change. It's either going to just happen and they've got to deal with it, or it's going to be a thing where um, uh, there's an attitude change, okay? Well, isn't it interesting that in Michigan, of course, which has a, a very um, active and growing Muslim community, and they apparently do animal sacrifice to represent Abraham and who they say Ishmael when he took him to sacrifice and lamb, which we know it was Isaac. Yeah. They call it, they say it's Ishmael. So they do this thing. And so they're saying, we want this. So the city council said, look, we have so many Muslims here. They want to do it. We're going to let them do it. at home. Okay. Not public at home, but it's open to door, Greg. And now those from PETA are having a fit saying you shouldn't do this. This is wrong. Animals shouldn't die, whatever. As my point is this. This is making it more acceptable and is going to begin to soften the blow for everybody to get everybody used to the fact that religious groups that are well-known worldwide do animal sacrifice. And then when this religious group, the Jewish people known worldwide, want to do the sacrifices once again on the Temple Mount, they're going to be allowed to do it. And you know what? Hey, how are you going to yell at them when you're allowing the Muslims to do it in America of all places? So if you're letting them do it in America, you're going to need to let them do it there. They're already doing it in places in the Middle East. So I think this is just kind of... um. Shutting down the argument, if you will, of those that will try to stop it from happening. Yeah. And, and by the way, for our listeners, again, the Bible tells us that when the Antichrist makes the deal that they can build the third temple, Daniel tells us the sacrifices will begin 220 days prior to the temple being finished. And what that means is they're going to the moment they get the OK to rebuild the third temple, Greg, they're going to go up there on that raw open land. They're going to build an altar. They're going to start right away sacrificing animals while the third temple is being built. Six months later, the third temple will be finished. So as you get six months into it, boom, they'll be able to do it. So for three years rather than three and a half, they'll have three and a half years on the temple mount, but three years they'll be up there doing sacrifices. And then at the midway point, that's when the Antichrist stands up on the temple mount, shuts down the animal sacrifices. Nope, we're not doing this anymore. Not because of PETA, but because he's going to say, no, you worship me. And only me alone. And by the way, PETA doesn't stand for people eating, eating tasty animals. That was a joke for our listeners out there, because uh, some people might think it really means that, but I doubt they would. But either way, they're a group against eating animals. Well, they've tried to get us to eat their bread instead of meat for years. Yeah. And I don't know how popular their bread is. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, you had that in the back pocket. Ah. <sighs> ah. You see? See, well, this, look, we try yeah. to have fun. At least you and I have fun. They they don't. You and I have fun. Have you read the article, by the way? I no, I didn't read the article because I only wanted to touch on that part of the significance. But now I didn't want. To, but now tell me, oh, tell no, that's me more. Right. No, no, I, no. I want no. to hit the I, headline. But no. what is it? Tell me. No, no, no. I just I just wanted to make sure in the in the midst of all of that that I didn't miss you reading the article. No, 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 okay, no, you're no, fine. no, no, no. I didn't I didn't read the article okay. because all I wanted my point when I saw yes. that headline, I wanted to share that headline. Gotcha. That's all it was because I know what they're going to say. We don't think it's right with this and that. I know I know Peter good enough and all that. But I I want our listeners to recognize the world's getting prepped for. Yes. Open animal sacrifice once again in religious activity where it will not be yeah. shocking to the psyche because yeah. now it's going to be happening. Now, we will say as a caveat, even though we're glad that we as believers do not have to conduct animal sacrifices because Jesus was the sacrificial lamb, sacrificed once and for all. That's right. One time That's only, right. not a continuation, right. which is what the Jews are still under because they're still under the law if they haven't given their life to Jesus. However, how the Israeli, the Jewish priests conduct and how the Bible tells them to conduct a sacrifice yeah. is, now Peter might argue with this, but the Bible would tell us different is extremely humane. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which they would say killing the animals inhumane, but go ahead. Exactly. But in terms of sacrificing for religious yeah. services, it's extremely humane. Yeah. And I can see where PETA would probably feel like this is going to give way to animal abuse and it will the abuse will be conducted under the auspices or the guise of of animal sacrifice right and we don't want that to happen for sure right so anyway just as a disclaimer to say that yeah for anyone that would be sensitive to that and because we love animals so. yes yes anyway. and, and even even with my silly joke it doesn't mean that i don't love animals i do exactly. love animals so yes you do <laughs> No, I believe it. I know, but don't smile. I believe you. We're, we're, no, we're okay. on camera. Okay. <laughs> it's true. I do. I know. I know. It's true. I know. It is. Okay. All right. Uh, Neil Diamond is letting us know that they're all coming to America, uh, but they're not going to church. This is according to Christian Post. A third of Americans have stopped attending church. This according to yeah. a recent survey. Yeah. A new study of how COVID-19 pandemic lockdowns impacted church attendance in the U.S. has found that roughly one in three Americans now say they've stopped attending regular uh, or attending religious services. You know, I wonder how many of that one in three. It's interesting to me. I'm, I don't know that most Americans already do that. But anyway, the pandemic lockdowns disrupted religious participation for millions of Americans Notes the study titled Faith After the Pandemic, uh, How COVID-19 Changed American Religion, conducted by the Survey of American Life, a project of the American Enterprise Institute. In the summer of 2020, only 13% of Americans reported attending in-person worship services, which increased to 27% by the spring of 2022. But the rates of worship attendance were still lower than they were before the pandemic uh, and the subsequent lockdowns, it adds. Again, you know, Already, church attendance was on the way down, and now to see this happening, Greg, is disheartening because you see this kind of thing and you think, well, more than ever, uh, we need to be um, in church. I mean, more than ever. And it's interesting, the Bible talks about a lot of people, Greg, started watching from home uh, during COVID, and they started, they kind of continue that. They got comfortable. Yeah, and, and so you're, you already saw kind of a, a decrease in attendance due to that. And now you're saying, all right, people have gotten so used to not going, there's even a greater decrease. I want to remind our listeners— in the context of the last days, the scripture says, do not forsake the assembling together of believers. Note this, especially as you see the day approaching. So what that means is the closer we get to the Lord's return, go to church more. Don't go to church less. Go to church more the closer we get to the return of the Lord. That only makes sense. He's coming back. We need to be drawing into him, not pulling away from him. And so the enemy is going to use things like lockdowns, COVID-19, whatever, to stop us from going to church. He's going to use things like in the last days, plagues, pestilence, whatever. Here's what the Lord said. Whether there's plagues, pestilence, earthquakes, whatever, you name it, go to church. Be in fellowship with other believers. Do not stop. Do not back down. It is a command of the Lord. And And I'll say this. The churches that obeyed that command during the COVID lockdown and during the COVID pandemic, those who who obeyed that command, those churches that I know of that did that have thrived. Many of them have grown. You know, they talk about the church, uh, you know, getting, you know, dying down, Greg. I mean, as you know, we grew dramatically during that time. We, we have grown dramatically during the lockdowns and COVID. Our church yeah. grew more than double. So I look at that and go, all right, so why? Here's why. Here's why I believe. It wasn't that suddenly my teaching got better. It wasn't that I became a better administrator. We didn't start doing shows. We didn't get more lights. We didn't, we didn't like give free things away. No, you know what we did? We obeyed God's word. 
And when we obeyed God's word, God said, I will now bless you and I can entrust you with my sheep because you're doing what I asked you to do. And I encourage all pastors listening, obey the word of the Lord and God can entrust you with his flock and he will. Yeah. You know, that brings up a good point really quickly, Pastor Mark, because when we went through that, our whole heart was just to be obedient to the word of God. That's right. Our whole heart was not, boy, how can we double in size? Yes. How can we force things so we can go to, you know, three services on Sunday and have a Saturday night service? And those things were the farthest things from our mind. That's right. The that only thing we thought about was, we're just going to be obedient. Yeah. And that's what happened. That's and, right. And so if there is a pastor listening, uh, and and maybe your church is is shrinking or whatever, if you'll get back to the church growth plan that God outlines for us in Acts 2.42 and just be faithful to those four things that God outlines That's right. for the church to do, That's right. then you can skip to uh, verse 47 and see where it says, and the Lord added daily That's to so those good. that are being saved, not programs or consultants or companies yeah. or whatever, just simple obedience to those four things. It's, yeah, Greg, that is so good. It is not gimmicks. It's not lights. Yeah. It's not fog machines. It's not giveaways. It's not, uh, you know, charismatic teacher. It is obedience to the word of God and doing what God yeah. said. And if you do that and those four pillars in Acts 242, yes. like you talked about, yeah. God will be faithful to bless the, the church. And I will say this again, there's going to be more plagues. He said in the last days, you're going to see an increase in plagues. There's going to be more things that happen. Here's going to be the question. Are the, is the church going to, going to stay obedient and continue to gather together and obey the Lord? That's going to separate the, the, the true obedient church and the church that's just going through the motions. Because if you're just going through the motions, um, God's not going to bless that. God's going to bless the churches that are obedient to his command. Churches, let's be obedient to the command of the Lord and watch God bless his church. And you want to know what? And that obedience takes a lot of weight off the shoulders of ministry leaders, off of senior pastors, where they've got to come up with, oh, how are we going to survive? No, no, no. It's the Lord's church. You're just the under-shepherd there, so if you're just faithful to that, God will take care of the rest, and that's you right. can trust him for that. You That's that's for, uh, for his shoulders. That's right. That's right. His, his job is to grow the church. Exactly. Our job is to feed the sheep. Absolutely. Yeah. And be obedient. You are listening to Signs of the Times, uh, our weekly look at Bible prophecy in the world's news as a radio broadcast every Friday at 1.30 on WIAMLP Knoxville. And then we do a little hocus pocus and turn it into a podcast that you could be enjoying later or listening to right now. And at the beginning of this show, I mentioned that Pastor Mark is a graduate of the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence. If you want to find out <laughs> if you're a graduate of the Kaufman Institute for Coincidence, then just search for Kaufman Institute for Coincidence on YouTube, and you can watch the video, and you yourself will find out if you are yeah. a graduate or not. <laughs> It's just fun. Yes. Little fun, comedic, fun, funny comedic stuff. Relief, little guess, comedic right? relief, exactly. You've got mail. We love our listener questions, and uh, we encourage you to send those in at thewaymedia.net and just click on Signs of the Times, like Neil did, uh, who has a question, Pastor Mark, about the fourth part of the earth. And he says, what does the, quote-unquote, fourth part of the earth mean in Revelation 6-8? If it means of persons, it would be close to 2 billion, but also the fourth part of the world after 1492 was referred to as the Americas, the New World. Since the wording uses the, and and then there's other, I think, the well, the New King James will translate it as a, uh, I think the King James says the, 
fourth part, it leads me to believe the Americas. Which is it, or do we not really know? Yeah, it's a great question. Let me read those couple of verses. Again, this is the fourth seal that is opened up during the Great Tribulation. When he opened the fourth seal, verse 7, I heard the voice of the four living creatures, um, I'm sorry, of the fourth living creature saying, come and see. And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and the name of him who sat on him was Death, and Hades followed with him. And power was given them over a fourth of the earth to kill with sword, uh, with hunger, uh, and with death, and by the beasts of the earth. And so, you know, there's a lot of different things we could um, theorize about as far as that any other deeper meaning that goes here, Neil. It's a good question. Um, the way that I've always looked at this, and the reason, and the way I see it, is just a straightforward reading of it. I believe what he's saying here is nothing more than simply a fourth part of the earth that's alive at that time. See, whether or not it'll be two billion, it could be less by then, it could be more by then. But the reality is, I think what he's saying is, you're going to see a fourth part of the earth taken out in one swoop. It's interesting, when you look at the, the seals and the trumpets and the bowls and all that, Greg, uh, you'll see more than one time it says a third here, a fourth there, or whatever kind of thing. And so you can't just take one number and say it's a third of that, a fourth of that, or whatever. It's, it's as it's moving forward, you'll see a chunk of mankind wiped out. And they have less to work with. And then now there'll be that much, a third of that. And then that'll be taken out. So I think in each of these instances, my understanding, Neil, and by, I, I by no means am saying that, uh, you know, I, I'm the authority on this. I'm saying to me, when it comes to prophecy in the Bible, just the straightforward reading of it is the one that I go with. And I believe he's referring here to whatever number of people are on the earth at that time, when that seal is open, a fourth of them will die. And I do believe it's referring to the people of the earth and not necessarily a section of the earth. I think it's the people of the earth that are going to be a fourth that are going to die. Now, is that and that's based on the exegetical review of the wording as it's written in the greek well because past mark what goes comes to my mind is john chapter one yeah in the beginning was was the word the word was with god and the word was god but then there's uh occults that try to say that the language there is a god right and in the greek that would be a violation of the language rules in the Greek. You can't insert an A there. It has to be a the or right. the. So I, I'm, that's where my mind went to this question was, wow, well, that's a pretty big distinction, A versus the. Yeah, well, I, I don't I don't think there's a – that's you know, about the Granville-Sharps rule. Yeah, there you there. go. Thank you. I don't think that comes into play here. Okay. Yeah, that is what, this is more simply just kind of – and by the way, A's and these, the prepositions are oftentimes exchanged – uh, in scriptures, a lot of times the, the the word can be either one, and they'll so the the editor will put or the interpreter will put either one in there. It doesn't change the meaning. Sometimes it changes the meaning, but I think when that happens, you'll see that it locks it in. As far as I know, okay. here there's nothing. That there's nothing that's locking no. it in, like in John chapter one. No, no, okay. no. This is something here. I think he's just referring okay. to a general idea of you know what? Okay. There's going to be a fourth of the earth that's wiped out. So there's no rule that I know of here in the language that would lock it into a different meaning. Okay, fair enough. Well, Neil, thank you so much for your question, and if you've got one. Unlike Neil, then we invite you to go to the WayMedia.net or download that WayMedia app. Navigate your way to Signs of the Times, and you will see where you can ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. All right, let's get into the one world government. This is from Breitbart.com. The WEF... Not the WWE. That's right. Although SmackDown, all both uh, Davos SmackDown. Yes, the Davos SmackDown <laughs> cage match <laughs> with Yuval Noah Harari. Yes, and yes. Klaus Schwab. Yes, the WEF prepares a robust globalist agenda for Davos 2023. Yes, the the, the German smasher 
Yes. Klaus Schwab. Yes. <laughs> taking on... <laughs> taking on all comers. Yeah, you know, again... Um, it's an open cage match. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, Greg. This whole thing, when you look back at the World Economic Forum, which was known, really started kind of as the Club of Rome, it was really just a few, you know, backroom leaders that had nothing to do really with the governments of the world that chose to meet and talk about how the world should go. And it's grown. Um, over the years, it has grown now to this giant machine that has some 600 guests going this year, uh, many of our own senators and congressmen, many of the world leaders. I mean, it is like this massive thing. And all it was just a group of guys saying, we think the world should go this way. But you see, it's grown to this thing that is now affecting the entire world and the governments of the world. Now, could man do that? I don't think so. This is spiritual. This is something yes. I think that Satan is using the World Economic Forum. He's using it to, again, get ready for this new world government. And that's what they're pushing. A one world government, a one world currency. Matter of fact, they're talking this week about how do we get the one world government? How do we get the um, the currency in place? And, and Greg, 20 years ago, I mean, even just 20 years ago, if you were to say they were meeting to get a one world government and one world currency, you'd be mocked as a conspiracy theorist. You'd be mocked. And yet... The Bible said it was going to happen. It's happening. And and I didn't know that it would be through the World Economic Forum that, that this would take place. But it is. These world leaders have found kind of neutral ground. They can all come together. Nobody's threatened by each other's leadership. They're just coming together saying, look, here's where the world needs to go. And they're promising themselves riches and glory while they're putting oppression on the rest of the world. And because they have the money and the power, they're able to do it without God stopping them. And we know in the last days, God's going to allow the Antichrist and the spirit of Antichrist to move forward. That's exactly what's happening with Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum. They have a massive impact worldwide, and they are, I believe, going to be the uh, catalyst for this one world government coming together. They're going to be the catalyst for this new currency coming together, and they're discussing all that this week. You know, it's interesting, Greg. Um, we talk about this quantum technology, uh, the quantum dot technology they're talking about. They're going to be using that, uh, this quantum technology in this new currency, they're saying. Um, it's a technology that can, again, monitor everyone, everybody's money, all they're doing. Uh, they've actually uh, named this new currency. It's called the Quan from Quantum Dot. No jokes here. Uh, you're looking at me like there's a joke coming. There's not. Uh, yeah, it's the Quan. Yeah. And, um, and in addition to that, uh, the Quan, if you will, um, it's going to be this, this whole thing where they've even talked now about, they're saying they actually have, and this is amazing. This guy at World WEF, He's saying, I have seen how they're going to do this. Because they asked him, they said, how are they going to monitor all the world's digital uh, information? And he said, I've seen how they're going to do it. He said, it was shown to me. He said, it's a little uh, microchip they're going to put under the skin. He really said this. This is not a, a Christian. This right. is not a, a prophetologist. Yes. Okay? Yes. This is the World Economic Forum people. He said, they're going to put this chip under the hand, uh, in their hand, somewhere in their body. We know it'll be the hand or the forehead. And if you don't, it'll, it'll, it'll basically, you know, control all your, your digital money and they'll control what you can do and what you can't do. This is going to be the largest worldwide control in world history. Could have never been done till this generation. Now it's going to be done by the Antichrist and it's already happening. So let me read some of this article. Yeah. It says, when the preening elites fly into Davos, Switzerland, a week tomorrow, a week, uh, a week tomorrow, expect to see another already there now. Um, you'll hear about topics. Uh, WF seeks to address the state of the world and discuss priorities for a year ahead, for example. Following its foundation in 1971 by German engineer Klaus Schwab, the WEF has met annually to tackle what it sees as the issues of the day and to deliver guidance to invited members and guests and through them influence the world at large. 
In the run up to the twenty twenty <laughs> yeah. In the run up to the twenty twenty three event, Schwab announced last November that communist China get here's the scary part. Look what they're saying. They, they're coming out and saying what they're doing, and this is just like this is evil. That communist China will serve as a role model of course. for many countries as the global community embarks upon a system transformation of the world. Now, listen, if you know anything about China, that should scare you to death. It is a communist nation who desires dictatorial control, which, again, is what the Antichrist is going to do. He says a major structural change to the Internet is just one simple solution (laughs) the WEF points to, adding we urgently need international rules. That is, we can't talk about what we're talking about. They want to shut down what they want to shut down. They're talking about rules here that are enforced, as well as a more expansive approach that fosters cyber resilience. Now, what's interesting, Greg, about this, what they're saying is, we want to be able to control what's in the Internet and what's not on the Internet. We, if Greg and Mark want to get on there and talk about this stuff, they can't. It's coming. That's what they're going to try to do. That's only one part of it. Just what the future holds for cryptocurrencies is another issue that consumes the WEF. The organization has a paper on it announcing we could now see the handover of crypto technology and blockchain infrastructure to more regulated and established institutions. They're pushing this, and Greg, some say they may try to pull the trigger on the cryptocurrency this year. I don't think I don't know if they can do it that fast. They're talking about it. Either way, yeah. we're headed that direction. And yeah. it's it's listen, when that cryptocurrency comes yeah. in, you're talking mark of the beast type stuff. I I, th- I think cryptocurrency as we know it will not be it. But I think it's a it's a precursor to what will. When you're talking about quantum physics and right. all of this kind of stuff, right. I think it's going to be on that level. Yeah. Because what they're doing right now is they're creating cryptocurrency that's based on the current technology right. and current computational mathematics. Yeah. And it and it's very cumbersome yeah. when you think of quantum physics yeah. in order to do. So I don't think that's a practical on a transaction basis right. to have the world's economy operate that way. Right. It's it's gonna have to be a lot faster. Yeah, well, that's why that, I'm using the yes, quantum, exactly. the quantum so, dot technology so or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what they're saying. They're saying right. it's going to be quantum, yeah. and the quant is what's going to be the yeah. currency name, they're yeah. saying. And they're saying they already have a chip that's going to monitor it. Okay, and I know I'm, I'm just hearing something that's making me think of something, and that's probably not right. But what's the name of the hole in Syria that... Oh, it Homs? Oh, it's, it's Homs. Homs. Homs is the town. Homs, okay. Syria is where it is. They believe there's this opening that goes down to yeah. the center of the earth I, where I, the 12th Imam is going to come I out. I just thought, I thought Quan was related somewhere mm. in that. And so it just kind of made my, made my brain go there. Yeah. Now, I don't know if there's anything there that's similar, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't see anything no. there connected. However, they, they do believe that's where somehow the Antichrist is going to come out of that yeah. hole. We'll see. Because we'll um, he is going to come up from the center of the earth, yeah. not the Antichrist, but the yeah. Spirit. There'll the spirit. be spirits yeah. coming up at yeah. some point. Exactly. Anyway, that's that's a whole other well, subject. But um, well, you yeah. mentioned conspiracy theorists yes. earlier. You know, yes. and you know who conspiracy theorists are. Who's that? They're people that are just right too early. There you go. <laughs> you know, sadly, that's exactly what we're so, seeing. I heard one guy say, yeah. "Look, if you have a conspiracy theory that you see that's out there, he said, give it six months." And it won't be a theory anymore because things are happening so fast, and and a lot of things, Greg, that that you know that, that people say aren't really happening. Well, we know they are. Here, here's the rule of thumb. By the way, I've said this before, and I'm going to say it to our listeners: if it's in the Bible, it's not a theory. No, it's not. It's Bible. 
So when you hear somebody say, well, it's a conspiracy theory that there's going to be a one-world government or, or a conspiracy theory <laughs> that there's going to be a one-world religion or there's going to be a one-world monetary. Yeah. No, that's called the Bible yeah. revelation. It's going to happen. I mean, they're they're out there in the open having global meetings yeah. about global things that right. are specifically designed to bring the world together in governance, in finance, and in religion. Yeah. And those are the big three that the Bible already tells. So we're just seeing the Bible being played out in the world's That's news. That's right. That's why we call this program Signs of the Times. That's right. Exactly yes. right. All right. Let's uh, let's get into some growing anti-Semitism that we also refer to as Jew hate, because that's exactly what it is. Yep. Growing anti-Semitism sounds very sterile. Yes. But it's Jew hate. This is from the Times of Israel. Number of Americans believing anti-Semitic stereotypes nearly doubled since 2019. What does this mean? Yeah, don't we have an article almost every week about this? Oh, I, totally. I, and yes. you know what? I'm leaving these in without huge discussions. I've only got a couple of lines, but I need to keep it on the forefront. You're watching an increase in hatred of the Jews. It is demonic, and it's being forced down to mankind. The Bible says it'll happen in the last days. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Again, the article says the poll finds that 85% of people in the U.S. agree uh, that at least one racist trope about Jews is true, uh, while 20% believe at mm. least six are true, and 20% think that Jews have too much power. You know, here's what you see happening. That's Greg. a big one, it by is. the way. But you know what? Let me say this. Uh, God promised he would bless the Jewish people. He said, I'm going to bless you. And so even though they're in rebellion right now to God, they're not trusting their Messiah and turning to Jesus Christ, which they will, many of them in the last days, God's blessing is still on them because of his promise to Abraham. And by the way, dads out there, if you live godly, that promise passes on to your kids, even if they're blowing it. Yeah. That should be an encouragement for, yeah. our, for us to be godly dads. Yeah. But and, and again, I don't want to go too far with that because you also have consequences because of what you do. But the nation itself, Greg, is being blessed because God said, I will bless you. And, and what's happening is when people see those blessings, they get jealous. It's like watching your neighbor next door. How come they got a new car? How come they built a swimming pool? How come they were able to put all these new things up on their house? How come they had that you know big screen TV? And you start to get jealous in the flesh against it, going, I need that. It's not fair. Well, it is fair because they're working hard and they earned it. Uh, the Jews, it's fair because God said to Abraham, you are faithful to me. I'm going to bless your descendants. But the world sees it and they're mad. How come they? Why did they get this? Why did they get that? You know, they've had to learn to innovate over the years as they've had things stripped from them. They've had to learn to go in and basically move in other directions. Yeah. It's interesting. It's some of the persecution they faced, uh, Greg, over the centuries. They were pulled away from the right to be able to farm land and things like that. So they couldn't farm like everybody else. So they went into banking and they went into jewelry. They took a different avenue because they couldn't do what, what they were doing. And then yeah. God blessed it. So now they see them blessed in what they're doing. And yes, they, yeah. many of them do have a lot of money, but God's blessing them. And they've been forced to go different directions that leads to money. And now rather than saying, wow, you guys are smart and you worked hard and you've earned this. Now it's like, hey, no, let's take it from them. That's not fair. It's demonic. Yeah. I, you know, when you were reading the article, my mind was going through all the different sectors of business and i was trying to think of where where are you not finding successful jews yeah whether it's in medicine science inter, the entertainment industry finance industry uh you mentioned jewelry uh most nobel prizes yes. in the world are jewish people and i'm just that is god coming through yeah. on his promise yeah. and blessing these people with the ability to invent or create or how whatever you want to say and you know i think as an unbeliever i think you could look at those things on the surface and you could get angry and you could get jealous yeah and i get that 
uh, but as a believer and understanding what God's word says, I'm not jealous of the Jews. I'm encouraged, and it makes me want to praise God because he's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. That's right. And Greg, you know what? It it, it extends the promise to us. Yes. Because God told them, I'm going to give you the ability to make money. Well, they're doing it. But here's the thing. If we rejoice for them and with them rather than hate them, then we now are being obedient to God, which means he's going to give us blessing as well, and yeah. we have eternal reward. It's not like we're going to get to heaven, and while the Jews are all going to be living in great big mansions, and we're going to have little, you know, uh, you know, whatever, Volkswagen Beetles and have an apartment or something. Um, the bottom line is, is, and that shouldn't be the goal anyway, but God says, be faithful to me. Those that are faithful, I will bless. Abraham was faithful. He was blessed. His descendants are now blessed. If we will be faithful... We'll be blessed, our kids will be blessed, yeah. and we rejoice together. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the one thing I would think about is that, okay, well, you're jealous of these things about the Jews. Are you jealous of the other things? Are you jealous of the generational persecution that the Jews have experienced ever since the beginning of time? Right. Are you jealous for the prophetic persecution that's yet to be fulfilled, yeah. that the Bible tells us will be the worst on earth? Yeah, yeah. And you don't have to go that far back to Hitler to realize how bad that was, and that will pale in comparison yeah. to the coming. Are you jealous for that, too? Yeah, and, and Greg, you know, there's some very short-sighted and lack-of-understanding radio shows that are out there that are even uh, promoting themselves as Christian that are attacking the Jews now as well. I've been hearing more of that, and I want to just say this. We are not saying that the Jews do everything right. That's that not the issue. That they're righteous, that nope. all that they never do anything wrong. No, they do horrible things like every other nation. They do things that are wrong all the time as sinners like we all do. But like you said, Greg, that's not the point. It, we're not looking at the Jews and supporting them and loving them because they're righteous, because they're not. It's not a conditional blessing. Yep. We're saying God said this. Those that bless Israel, I will bless. Those that curse Israel, I will curse. And God said, be a blessing yeah. to them, regardless of what they're doing. Be a blessing. Don't help them in their sin. Yeah. But be a blessing to them. And he said, if you do that, honoring me, yeah. then I will bless you. So when we honor the Jewish people and the nation of Israel, we don't honor their sin. We don't honor what they do wrong. But when we honor them, then we are honoring God, and we walk in the blessing of God yeah. as well. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. It is good. It is um, good. But unfortunately, a lot of bad for the Jews coming. And yeah. so that's just time of Jacob's trouble. Time of Jacob's trouble. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Um, speaking of trouble, you don't want to eat at this restaurant. Uh, pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. Christian Headlines is reporting that abortion is the leading cause of death globally for the fourth year in a row. How tragic. Now, that four-year period clearly, you know, is talking about before COVID nineteen, yeah. and what the world wants you to get uh, to, to be thinking is yeah. that oh, COVID's been the leading cause of death. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, it's abortion. Online health yeah. statistics found that abortion was the leading cause of death the last four years, as you said, Greg. A fact sheet from the World Health Organization states that around seventy-three million uh, children were murdered. Or are, are murdered worldwide each year in abortion. Seventy three million. First of all, that blood has to be answered for. If 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 nobody's going to the cross and, and asking forgiveness of Jesus, 
there will be judgment for that blood. It, God says that it can't go unpunished. There will be at some point. Of course, we know leading up to the Great Tribulation, that'll be probably a big factor in God pouring his wrath out on the earth during the Great Tribulation. But Greg, there's something else I want to point out that, that I don't want us to miss, the spiritual aspect of this. You know, we, okay. A lot of people, we see it politically. We want to fight to save lives and, and this kind of thing. This is so much larger than political, and I think most of our listeners know this, but I want to give you a different angle. We know that it's spiritual. We know that Satan's behind it. But just recently, this really sunk into me in a new in a new way, because if you look back at at the old pagan religions, all the satanic religions and pagan rituals throughout time, the focal point of all those has been sacrificing children. Yes, of all the Molech, uh, you yeah. get on the line sacrificing children. When you go look at the sites in Israel, when we visit, they talk about the child sacrifice and all these things. Satan is here's the bottom line: Satan wants to kill our children as well as he wants to kill us. He did it by ancient religions back then. He's doing the same thing. He's still accomplishing his goal. Mm -hmm. You see Satan's influence worldwide. He's still accomplishing his goal of killing our children. He's just doing it now through abortion. And since it's not seen as some religious ritual, therefore it it doesn't seem as bad. You know, it's not as openly demonic. The ultimate goal of Satan is murder. He's a murderer and a liar, the Lord said, and he's still murdering our children. He's killing them. He's deceiving many people into doing that, not even realizing they're going along with the spirit of Antichrist and the spirit of Satan in doing this. But when I see this, I just realize, you know, this is nothing more, Greg, than what he's been doing from the very beginning. Look, they just had a vote. If you want to talk about how politics and you want to see the spiritual side of it. Uh, the new GOP, of course, took the you know uh, control right now temporarily of the of the House of the Congress. And they just voted and said, look, if somebody tries to do an abortion and the baby's still born alive, which happens, that happens fairly often. It's hard for me to imagine, but it does. They said what they used to do is just let the baby die. Now they're saying by law, you've got to try to save that baby. That's just being humane. You've already tried to kill it in the womb. It lived. Don't just let it lay there and suffer. Try to save the baby. Would you believe that the Democrats, I want to be careful. I'm not getting political. I don't care if it's Democrat or Republican. Here's the point. That they actually, there was a large group of them in Congress that said, no, we want, let the baby die. Let that baby die. That is demonic. Yes, it that is. is. That's not man. Nope. That's much higher than Congress. It's yep. much higher than man. This is demonic. No one that has a normal human mind and a normal human heart would see a little baby laying there and say, oh, too bad. We weren't able to kill it till it came out, but now just let it lay there and suffer and die. That is evil. It is flat out evil. And again, that is where we are as a nation. And that's why I say, Greg, this is demonic. It is a spiritual thing going on to kill our children. It's not political. That's why when you look at all the news articles out there, you've always got to have uh, as part of your prophetic bifocals, 1 John 5.19, uh, those that are not in unchrist Jesus are under the sway of the enemy. And that's how you're seeing such atrocities and such display of evil yeah. coming through human life. Yeah. It's because God didn't design us to think like that, behave like that, believe that. It's funny you said that. In Jeremiah this last Wednesday night, God said, that never even came into my mind. He said, you're down there killing your yeah. children. Remember the offering of the Molech? Yes. And he said, it didn't even come into my mind. Yeah. And you're doing this thing and you're doing something for God. He goes, no, that's that's evil. That's demonic. Satan is the one that's putting that in your heart. Well, now we have Satan again, still putting in the heart of the world, kill your children and it will go well with you. It's demonic. You know, and that's a a good lesson for people out there that are maybe trusting in politics more than than God. And that is, is that maybe some people might be, you know, kicking back or whatever, thinking that, oh, well, our Congress has the Republican majority or whatever. That means nothing. That's right. Just going to tell you, that means nothing. Political parties mean nothing. They can be changed. They can be bought. 
they can they can be blown about by every wind of doctrine that comes across their table. Yeah. But the word of God and God will never change. You always stay on God's side. And and I wouldn't get you know too uh, sad or too happy in either direction. Yeah. But just keep your eyes focused on what God's word is telling us is going to happen. And sure enough, we see those things come to pass. Yeah, we look to no party. We look to yeah. no man other than the God man, Jesus Christ. He's our only hope. Yep. Uh, Breitbart also reporting California is reeling from endless storm onslaught with over 14 dead. Now, this was dated January 10th. We're three days away from this article. Chances are that head count, death count has yeah, grown. I don't know the latest. I know here it says 14 people are, have died so far. Uh, fierce storms have caused flash flooding, closed key highways, toppled trees, and swept away drivers and passengers. This is horrible. Reported yeah. including a five-year-old boy who remains missing in Central California. And authorities are bracing for more rain and snow to batter America's most populous state. And here's the thing. Note this. Scientists say human-caused climate change <laughs> brought about the unchecked burning of fossil fuels. Oh, boy. Are brought about by the unchecked burning of fossil fuels has supercharged these wild swings in weather. This is nonsense. It's nonsense. Again, just so our listeners know again, this is going to be another ploy of the enemy to push the climate change thing in the last days to get the world to unite to save the planet. Remember... Only Jesus can save the planet. Yeah. And number two, it is not caused by man, nor can man, man stop it. it. God is the only one that can stop it. God is in control. But remember, Romans 8.22, right before the Lord comes back, it says the earth will be groaning in birth pangs um, you know, for the return of the Lord. Well, birth pangs are violent and painful and hard. Yeah. Now we're seeing the birth pangs around yeah. the globe and California getting hit really hard. This is not climate change from mankind. This is, again, the earth groaning for yeah. the return of Christ. And crude oil is not the result of uh, decaying dinosaurs. No, it's not. Because I've yet to find anyone who can do a DNA test on crude oil and show me that there's DNA in crude oil. I haven't seen a dinosaur... Uh, uh, archaeological dig where yeah. they find oil yeah. or vice versa. Yeah. That's a lie. It, this is the enemy's way to restrict the movement of man well, on the earth. And now the reason, Greg, that we can prove scientifically it's a lie. This is not just an opinion from some religious viewpoint. It's because the DNA is easy to check. There is no yes. dinosaur DNA no. or animal DNA in oil. It is simply a, something God put in the earth for mankind to be able to use. But they call it fossil fuels uh, because it promotes evolution and millions of years. And that's where it came from but there's zero evidence that anything came from dinosaurs that has to do with oil zero evidence zero. it is simply a, a material that god gave us yeah. in the earth to supply for mankind yeah. and, and further lies by the enemy it, it's so amazing well it's the same thing that keeps repeating year after year decade after decade you know such as the the earth is you know millions of years old right you know all of it is lies but you repeat the lie long enough that's right and people begin to believe well, and it. you know it wasn't until i started studying the uh dating methods that i can yeah. now scientifically say that you cannot prove the earth is millions of years old the dating methods are so extremely flawed, and, and, and carbon, there's so many things that are just, I know. I, you know, if you had the time to do a real scientific study yeah. from a classroom, you can show this. It's not just opinions, uh, but the world has so accepted it, Greg. It just shows you the influence the enemy can have when people don't do their homework. Yeah. If you read our articles today, you're going to read a good news article about a Buffalo Bills coach and the NFL team right. uh, praising God. Uh, but. Right now, Pastor Mark's going to praise Jesus. That's right. That's right. You know, again, we just we are thankful about uh, what happened there with Demar and this coach giving praise and glory to him. But again, more than that, we want to say, look, if you don't know the Lord, we want to offer that to you today. If you're listening to the program and God is opening your eyes, here's what the Bible says: All these things the Bible said are going to happen. They're not conspiracy theories. They're the Bible. And if you don't believe, you're going to be a part of these things that take place that are not good. 
But if you believe, you will not only be saved uh, eternally, you're going to be rescued out of these things coming upon the earth. We may suffer hard times as believers. We have throughout history. But you will not uh, suffer God's wrath. You'll be delivered. So Jesus died for you on the cross. If you'll confess your sin, believe in his blood on the cross, and turn your life over to him, the Bible says you'll be born again, and you have your place in heaven. I encourage you to do that today if you've not done that. You have that invitation from God. Amen. If you're listening to us on WIAM, we invite you to stay with us all afternoon as we've got great worship music and back-to-back Bible teachings all throughout the afternoon. And if you're listening to us on the podcast, well then come back next Friday at 1.30 when we discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today are pointing to God's Word as signs of the times. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Friday. Oh.